Well, in this short mini-series over uh, these few weeks, we've been looking at people from history that we want to imitate as they uh, follow the Lord Jesus. That's what the writer to the Hebrews says, imitate their faith as they who through patience and faith uh, have inherited what was promised. And so we're standing on their shoulders thinking about what it looked like for some of the greats of history to follow Jesus so that we might then uh, look to him and run this race with perseverance. Uh, Today we're thinking about Lady Jane Grey. Joss, um, what was it about Lady Jane Grey that made you think she is someone worth talking about and thinking about and imitating? I think reading about her, something that stands out so clearly is how she can articulate her faith and she can argue for what she believes. Uh, And that just really astounded me that she was so strong in what she believed and so it was so sure of what she had read in the Bible that it, that she could go up against some of the big minds of the day and argue with them and stand her ground. Uh, and I just thought that was such a remarkable thing, particularly in a woman who was only 16 years old when she died uh, and something that would be a wonderful thing for us all to aspire to. Um, 16 when she died, that might give us a bit of historical context of her life and her faith. Just tell us a little bit about when are we thinking, when when was Lady Jane Grey uh, alive and what was kind of going on around her at that time? It's such a complex and interesting time in history, uh, but I'll try to keep it brief. We're in the middle of the 16th century. Uh, Henry VIII has died. You might know Henry because he's the king that had six wives. Uh, He's the king that separated uh, the church in England from the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, He rejected the Pope's authority and made himself the head of uh, what he then called the Church of England because he wanted to divorce his wife. Uh, And that was the beginning uh, of the Church of England starting to reform. Uh, So he's a very significant person in history for lots of reasons, uh, but those are two of them. And then reformers were able to come in and to use that opportunity and to work through that uh, to to get rid of some of the Roman Catholic practices and to bring in good Bible teaching and reformation into the English church. So he's died. Uh, His son Edward, who's only nine years old, has taken the throne and he has been raised as a Protestant. Um, Henry's last wife, Catherine Parr, his sixth wife, who survives him. She was a Protestant and raised him as a Protestant and he takes over the throne at nine years old. His advisors are all reformed uh, Protestants and um, so that's how the country is run for the next five years. But then he dies uh, when he's only 14 years old and so there's this this big debate because who's going to take the throne next? The next 10 people in line are women and there has never been a Queen of England. Um, officially, his two sisters, Mary and Elizabeth, have been disinherited uh, from the throne. And so there's an opportunity then for Protestants to put forward their own person to go up to the throne. Uh, the next in line in terms of within that family was Queen Mary, who was a very strong uh, Roman Catholic and wanted to take the Church of England back to the Pope. And so the Protestants didn't want that. And so their best bet was to make this woman, Lady Jane Grey, this very young woman, the Queen. Uh, And she was the great niece of Henry VIII. Um, Her family were very ambitious. They 
it didn't have any boys and so they tried to make the best of what they thought was a bad lot and they educated her very well and uh, made her study very hard. So, well, they really wanted her to marry Edward, the King of England. Um, that didn't work out because he was so sickly and it was pretty obvious he was going to die. And so they then were able to organise for her to marry the son of one of, one of Edward's key advisors. And this is how eventually, after Edward died, she became the next in line to the throne and she became the Queen of England. How did that kind of upbringing by her parents stand her then in good stead for what was going to happen once she did become Queen? She's only Queen for nine days. Um, but has had a, a significant impact in church history. So how did what her parents did, even from um, maybe bad motives, but what, um, how did that stand her in good stead for her nine-day rule? Uh, she was, by all accounts, a very intelligent young woman and studied very hard. Uh, so she knew the original languages of the Bible. She was very strong in what she believed. She actually spent time in court um, as her parents were trying to ingratiate her with the, with the royal family. She spent time in court under the tutelage of Catherine Parr and under her care. And she was a real spiritual mother to her uh, in a way that her parents weren't and cared for her faith and, and helped her to be trained up in what she believed. Uh, so I think that that strong education and that strong um, background of languages and, and learning meant that she knew what she believed. She knew that she was intelligent enough to, um, to believe the right thing, to read the Bible and understood what it said. And um, she had people all around her, m maybe not her parents so much, who didn't seem to be a very loving family, uh, but lots of people around her who loved Jesus, who loved the Bible, and who taught her well from that. Uh, and I think that meant that coming in as this Protestant queen uh, and as this intelligent, educated woman, way beyond what most women would have had the opportunity, the kind of education they would have had the opportunity to have, um, she was a, a strong personality, a, st a strong intellect, uh, and knew what she believed and what she thought was right and wrong. And they thought they were going to use her as a pawn, um, the, the advisors to the king who had put her in that place, but in the end, she was very strong in her own right, even though her rule was so brief. Her rule was brief because Mary, in the end, sends her to the Tower of London. Um, and uh, before she's executed, Mary still wants to convince her that salvation is not through Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. Um, and so she ends up in the Tower of London debating with old mate, Feckenham. Feckenham. And um, uh, it's interesting in that debate, she argues strongly that salvation is in Jesus and it comes to us by grace alone, through faith alone. And she, she talks about Romans 5 um, in that debate, which I've heard it said that if Christianity is a song, Romans 5, 1 to 11 is the chorus. And so if you want to get to the heart of what it means to be a Christian of what it means to be saved from sin and death for all eternity and to enjoy life and hope in Jesus. Romans 5, 1 to 11 is a great chorus to the, to the song of Christianity. And uh, uh, Lady Jane Grey um, argued strongly uh, for that salvation in Christ alone, through uh, by grace alone, through faith alone. 
And uh, Romans 5 talks about the fact that um, if, since, this is how it goes, therefore since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And so if that's the case for the Christian, their, their salvation is secure in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. Then what that means for the rest of their Christian life is that their hope is certain, that their hope cannot be disappointed even through suffering and maybe even especially through suffering. And Lady Jane Grey was a great example of that, that even through suffering, even um, going to her death at, at the age of 16, just shy of her 17th birthday, she was able to do so with a steadfast faith and joy in her heart knowing that her salvation was thoroughly secure in Jesus. And we're going to hear some of the words that she said on her way to her death in just a moment. But that's the kind of certainty and the, the, the solid hope that Jesus brings is something that even young people can uh, grab hold of and be secure in. Uh, and it's a great example, I think, of teaching children and young people um, about the faith that comes through through Christ alone by grace alone and um, and and children and young people having a solid hope a hope that cannot be shaken even through suffering even unto death because our hope is secure in Jesus alone it's not secured by anything that we do by religious rituals that we perform or good works or what we've uh, done or achieved in our own lives or what we can uh, purchase with our own resources and so Lady Jane Grey went to her death with that rock-solid certainty because she was so grounded um, in the scriptures uh, which is just a wonderful example of, of um, how we want to be sharing the life and hope that Jesus brings with the next generation. Uh, what are some other reflections of yours about her life and her death uh, particularly as she um, goes to her execution. Uh, Lady Jane Grey ended up on her own a lot um, and the people around her, her family and her friends, the people that promised to support her weren't always there for her. Um, when she was told she was going to be queen, uh, she fainted and the accounts say that no one tried to help her up. Um, when she was going to be executed, uh, there's a lot of romanticism around that account, but uh, one of the accounts says that after she put the blindfold on, she couldn't find the, the block to lay her head on uh, before she was going to be executed. And it took minutes for someone to come up and help her um, to, to kneel down and find the right spot. Um, when she was queen, um, people just were deserting her as Mary was gaining power and all the people that had you know, pledged allegiance to her to support her, um, abandoned her, including her own father. And yet, in the midst of that, she, from her writings, from her diary, from when she was imprisoned in the tower and the notes that she makes in her New Testament and in her prayer book and the letters she writes to people, uh, the entries in her diary, you see that she has this unshakable faith and she never kind of wallows in self-pity or feels like she's alone, um, she just she focuses on what she knows to be true in Jesus and she takes hope in that in a way that I I just find completely astounding you know in the space of a week and a half she's been crowned queen um, she's been defeated in battle and the crown's been taken away and she's imprisoned in the tower 
and then within six months after that, she she has died, and and yet that whole time she holds on to hope in Jesus, um, for and and for a sixteen year old, I just can't even comprehend just the depth of the faith that she had to be able to stand firm in that. Um, she had the Queen Mary sending her Feckenham to try and convince her uh, to abandon her faith, but right up until her death, when her, at her execution, um, she is quoting scripture, she is praying, she is forgiving the executioner, um, she's worrying about the other people in her life, and including one of her prison guards, who she writes a letter to before she dies, begging him to convert to Protestantism um, so that he can be saved. Um, that's all that matters. The rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, which is why when she's going to the tower, she says, I just need my Bible and my prayer book, which um, shows the treasure. And she talks about the Bible being the treasure that it is because of the eternal life that it promises in Jesus. And um, this is what she's clinging to as she's, she's going to her death. Uh, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8, verse 9. Since then, we've been justified by his blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we now be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Uh, the certainty of that eternal life was something that she clinged to as um, she's tried and convicted and then um, executed at the hands of, of Mary. And uh, before she dies, she, she takes her prayer book with her to the gallows, but she um, inscribes in her Bible a letter to her sister that she then leaves her Bible uh, for her sister. And I'm just going to read something of... Uh, that letter so that we can finish with the words of um, Jane herself. This is what she writes to her sister Catherine, inscribed in her Bible as she's uh, being led away to be executed. She says, I've sent to you, my dear sister Catherine, a book which, although it be not outwardly trimmed with gold or the curious embroidery of the artfulest needles, yet inwardly it is more worth than all the precious minds which the vast world can boast of. It is the book, my only best and best-loved sister, the book of the law of the Lord. It is the testament and last will which he bequeathed unto us wretches and wretched sinners, which shall lead you to the path of eternal joy. And you, with a good mind to read it and with an earnest desire to follow it, no doubt it shall bring you to an immortal and everlasting life. It will teach you to live and learn you to die. It shall win you more and endow you with greater felicity than you should have gained possession of our woeful father's lands. Rejoice in Christ, as I trust you do, and seeing you have the name of a Christian, as near as you can follow the steps and be a true imitator of your master Christ Jesus, and take up your cross, lay your sins on his back, and always embrace him. Now, as touching my death, rejoice as I do, my dear sister that I shall be delivered of this corruption and put on incorruption, for I am assured that I shall, for losing of a mortal life, win one that is immortal, joyful and everlasting, the which I pray God grant you in his most blessed hour and send you all his saving grace to love in his fear and to die in the true Christian faith.
from which in God's name I exhort you that you never swerve, neither through hope of life nor fear of death. For if you will deny his truth to give length to a weary and corrupt breath, God himself will deny you, and by vengeance make short what you by your soul's loss would prolong. But if you will cleave to him, he will stretch forth your days to an uncircumscribed comfort and to his own glory, to the which glory God bring me now and you hereafter, when it shall please him to call you. Farewell once again, my beloved sister, and put only trust in God, who alone must help you. Amen. Why don't you pray for us? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many, many great gifts that you have given to us, that you have given us your son Jesus to die in our place, that you have given us justification by that grace if we only have faith in you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the, for the Bible and the way that it teaches us those truths and for the precious treasures that are inside it, uh, for the way that you have made those words clear for us, that we can understand them and read them, that they can be translated into our language and that you can speak to us each day as we open your word. Lord, we thank you for Lady Jane Grey, for this woman who uh, had such a brief life, who had such a brief time on the throne, and yet even from that small, that small window uh, that she was on this earth, that you have taught us so much through her, uh, that she has shown us uh, what a great strength of faith looks like, that she has shown us what faithfulness to your word and what you have taught her as truth looks like, uh, that she has shown us what grace under pressure, even even unto the point of death looks like. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for the gift of her life and for the example that she is to us. And we pray, Lord, that you will be helping us to learn from her example, uh, that we would love our Bibles and that we would read them and learn from them and be able to articulate our faith well, uh, that we would, in times of pressure and trouble, in times when everyone else has abandoned us, be able to lean into you and to find comfort and assurance in our faith that we have uh, in you. Lord, we pray that you would give us th these gifts that, in the way that you gave them to Jane. We pray that you would help us to learn from her example uh, and so to live for you until the end of our lives. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joss.